So, are you DTFF? Talking fantasy football with your hosts, Dustin Lunt and Jake Trowbridge. Hey, welcome back to DTFF, everyone. Happy Tuesday evening. As you can tell, we've got a full panel again this evening, continuing our divisional breakdown series. We had you wait a little bit later than our normal start time, only because the anticipation for this episode is going to make it that much better. <laughs> Let's be honest. This, this is going to be fun. We've got the crew back from last year to talk all things AFC East. So we're going to go around the room, introduce all of you one by one. And what I want you to do, because we're DTFF, tell us what you're drinking. And also, how did you become a fan of your team? <laughs> but before I do that, let, let me go to my co-host first, Jake. Let him say a few words. Don't want him to feel left out. So, Thank Jake, you. the floor is yours. Thank you, Dustin. You know that I'm just here as a placeholder to give our guests some time to think about their answers. That's really all this is. And I understand what my role in this podcast is, Dustin. But I'm doing good regardless. Uh, I'm ready to talk uh, what I'm going to coin AFC yeast. Can can that be a thing? Can this be the, you know, it there's like really the NFC can't. lease? No. No? Okay. No, well, by the end of this no. episode, I'm going to try and convince everybody that the no, AFC yeast don't should bother. be like, 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 an, like an infection. Like, no. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, that's like what I was thinking. With uh, enthusiasm about uh, the division. You know, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, that boy. That just made me really uncomfortable. So if we could not, that'd be great. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you well, on my team. I'm you. I don't think you are. <laughs> this is about as good a start as we could have hoped for here. Um, thanks, Jake. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, representing the Bills, we've got Victoria Geary, co-host of the Football Guys Mailbag Show, contributor to footballguys.com. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. I am fully not prepared for what's ahead, but I am excited to hear all of the all of the talking that will be happening between us three. It's going to be great. You got to talk about what you drinking and how you became a fan. What Victoria. am I drinking? Well, I'm finishing a protein shake because it's hot girl summer and water because it's hot girl summer. You know, you save the drinking for the weekend in the pool. How did I become a fan? I am from Buffalo, New York, born a Bills fan. I wasn't necessarily a baby brought onto the, uh, the the foam tables that everyone's breaking and their baby comes out of the womb these days. Uh, not exactly, but... That's disappointing. Close enough. <laughs> All right. Representing the Dolphins, we welcome back Troy King, also the co-host of the Football Guys Mailbag Show and contributor to Yahoo Fantasy Sports. Welcome back. Yo, appreciate you guys having me. I will say, I'm also not drinking, but this whole AFC yeast thing is going to make me get a drink. I, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what I'm drinking. I am drinking a Aha sparkling water. It's lime and watermelon flavor. I'm feeling bougie today, but that's what I'm drinking. <laughs> and Mike's looking at me. Mike's face. Is this? But listen, look. I could get some alcohol just for show if that make everyone feel better. But here, how I became a fan of the Dolphins, I was. Since we're talking about babies, I was born into it, right? I was born in Miami, Florida. My parents are both Miami Dolphin fans, so I didn't have a choice. I really fell in love with the team when I turned 18, though. That was the year 08 is when 
the Ricky Williams, Ronnie Brown, Wildcat season, that changed my fanhood in terms of, oh my gosh. Because again, growing up, the Dolphins have been horrible most of my life. And that was really like the only time we were like cool. And like we were also cool back like when I was first born, but I was, you know, I was a child, so I didn't really like pay attention that much. But yeah, so that's kind of a backstory how I became a Dolphins fan. I'm still a Dolphins fan to this day. When you said uh-huh. you were you were bad back then, you are you saying you're good now or we are good. We are good. And we're going to be really good. Compared to the Jets. We are really good. But but compared to everyone else, listen mediocre, like average Listen. Okay. Did you make the playoffs? I can't remember. I've, I've been drinking. We did, did not. We no, did not make the playoffs. No, you know I, I, I actually just I, started. I don't. I, I don't. Guess what, Mike? I don't live in the past. I'm talking about this year. We're going to make the playoffs. Okay, you're stuck in the Tom Brady days. He's not there anymore. He's gone. Bye bye. Uh-huh. Okay, so I know. You, look, you got your Super Bowls. Look. Oh, let's talk. What? I can't wait to talk about Mike's offensive coordinator. When was when was your last Super Bowl? Was it Don, Don Shula's like rookie year? Or he was like fifteen. I We're think, still and... undefeated though. Only undefeated team. Let's go, Dolphins. Fins up. Fine, you get to how, introduce how, how yourself. How's that, that year for you? Oh, I can introduce myself. It was amazing. Okay, cool. I, I, wasn't, I didn't exist, but it was amazing. No, I know, I know. Like, <laughs> like times were easier back then. All right, and then representing the Patriots, last but certainly not yeast. Throw to you, Jake. Oh, Mike Faya, host of Hanging with Daddy, contributor to DLF and Trophy Smack. Welcome back to the show, Mike. Thanks. So happy to be here. Um, last year went really well for me um, because Troy talked so much trash and uh, admired well, by the end. And, and how'd that go? Not well for you. Uh, but anyway, it's my turn to introduce myself. No, it's not your turn to talk. You had a chance. Um, so I'm also drinking seltzer water, but only with alcohol in it and uh, ranch water. And the flavor is spicy. Um, it doesn't say what type of spicy, so um, whatever, but it's delicious and it's hydrating because uh, it is, yes, hot girl summer, um, but I'm still here to party. So uh, that's where I'm at. Uh, how did I become a Patriots fan? Well, um, you know, I, I was a Dolphins fan for, for a while and uh, it was embarrassing. And honestly, like, you know, after getting beat up in school for cheering for an embarrassing <laughs> franchise, uh, I, I just decided, hey, why don't we go with the winner? Uh, and, you know, became a Patriots fan. Tell uh, your bandwagon to me. Oh, yeah. No, I, I started in, uh, I started becoming a fan in 2004, uh, you know, with, with the ring and, uh, you know, continued from there. And and now I'm, I'm you know, kind of a free agent. Uh, I was thinking the Bucks. Uh, possibly. So th- there's a lot of shit. Ch- no, I, I mean, uh, if you can't tell from the accent, uh, born and raised, that's uh, what we do. Um, not only a, a Patriots fan, but uh, also a Celtics fan. Um, Eastern, We're not talking um, about and, them. There's no, no, it's my turn to speak. I object. Speak when spoken to. I object. Um, so uh, yeah, the Eastern Conference champion uh, Celtics, who will be uh, continuing their playoff run next Thursday, uh, which is great because you, you guys know me. I, I go to bed early, and I couldn't imagine what it would feel like staying up and watching your team lose. I, I don't know who to ask how that felt, um, but you know, with staying up that late. And, Y'all haven't and, been. To, this is your first time in twelve years. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so this is a fantasy football <laughs> podcast, Mike. Get this basketball out of here. Yeah, come yeah. on. Okay, cool. So let's sports. talk. So all right. So let's talk about my uh, the team, the teams that made the playoffs first. Do you want to do that, or um, do you want to start with the Jets and Dolphins? It's up to you. I don't know. I want to. 
I want to talk about the flavor of ranch water that you're drinking, which is just me too. That's like drinking a Gatorade that's just the flavor is called blue. Like I don't understand. I I understand either. I don't trust people who call Gatorade by flavors. It is the good colors. Yeah, red, blue. Yeah, no. If you're drinking a Gatorade and you're gonna tell me what what flavor it is, I I don't believe you. Um, yeah, no. The flavor is spicy. Uh, which is like exactly it, how it tastes. So it's like it taco spicy. Because when I tried the spicy, I kept getting it kept going to my nose and I couldn't do it. It was just spicy up here, and I was like, "Nah, I'm good." That's yeah, it. no, it, it kicks a little bit. So I I just finished a prickly pears, which are amazing, by the mm-hmm. way. So uh, but I I got a I got a uh, variety pack. So um, I'm on row three and 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 row three Red. spicy. Oh yeah. my goodness. So sorry, I was introduced myself and I forgot where we were. So sorry. sorry you, <laughs> we all did, know. Mike. All right. We okay. all forgot. We're talking about his ranch water. And then, uh... <laughs> all right, let's let's move yeah. this thing along here. Uh, I don't want to even really talk about my beverage that much because I'll be honest, I went to the fridge and it was pretty barren. And so I, I got the worst of all the carts. If you guys have ever had mango cart or Guava oh. cart. I have ma- melon cart. What, what is that? that? Look- I've never heard. Y'all of have it. never heard of the cart series from Golden Road Brewing. Never heard right. of it. Well, it looks like they're delicious. It's like Fruit Loops in like a beer can. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. But this is the worst of the bunch, and I'm I have to drink it though, because uh, it was there. So Dustin, yeah. what are you drinking? Uh, I'm super basic tonight. I'm just doing a straight up Modelo. Love Modelo. Put a little lime in that guy? A little lime, yeah. Good summer beer. I'm here for it. So, Jake, let's let's move on here. Do our drunk trade so we can get into the main event here, all right? Drunk, 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 hammer, drunk, 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 trade of the week. This week's is a fun one. This is an interesting one that I'm excited to uh, get your opinions on here. So this one comes to us from TX Aggie West on Reddit. My buddy sent me an offer. I get Elijah Moore, Marquise Brown, and Josh Jacobs. He gets Hunter Renfro. That's Mm. it. They say, I declined the trade because I'm commissioner and wanted to do the right thing this is my question we can talk about the trade if we want but we all know that this is an awful trade i'm Mm. more interested to figure out if you were honest with yourselves and put yourselves in tx aggie west's shoes here you see this thing come across the wire i'm assuming late at night to be honest and are you smashing that accept button or are you doing the kind commissioner right thing here and letting them know what's up Mike, what would you do in this situation? Well, I'd, I'd smash it, and I would tweet it. I would tag the person. I would create a poll. Uh, <laughs> I would do an entire campaign about how I went. No, there's no way I'm accepting this trade. Uh, you know, there, there's certain there's certain ways to get ad people in, ruining the entire balance of your league. Uh, over on Renfro is a, is a terrible thing to do. Uh, so I I like what uh, Texas Aggie West did, uh, but I hope there was also some shaming involved, uh, possibly some buying of drinks, um, and also you know there better have been screenshots in the league chat talking about what it be at this point. <laughs> I'll give you a little bit more context here after we go around. But Troy, what would you be doing in this situation? I feel like depending on 
Okay, so I feel like in terms of, I'll just start with that shit talking, right? If if it's a group of, because you know you do different types of leisure, and if I'm like really close to everybody, I'm roasting this man so kingdom come about this trade. I don't think I would. I would. It depends on the mood I'm in, if I'm going to accept it or not <laughs> accept it. When, this is what I would honestly do. I would probably, if I got this trade, I probably would private message like, yo, you good with this? Or like making sure I'm reading it right. Like, or did you mean to send it? And if, hey, if they want, if, depending on their reply, like, nah, I didn't mean to, blah, blah, blah. That's what I would do. I probably would message that person directly to see. Like, and if they still wanted to go through with it, then I would accept it in a heartbeat. I would like, okay, no, no problem. Then I'd have to question why they we're in a league together. <laughs> but that's <laughs> that's probably what I would do. I like that method. Victoria, are you on the same track there or do you have a different approach? I'm with the guys. I couldn't do it, especially if I was commissioner. But I mean, what if this guy just, he's a fellow CPA and he wants Hunter Renfro, you know, fantasy football accountant on his roster. Then like, then I'd say, okay, my brother, then go for it. Well, let's do it. But listen, yeah, <laughs> that's a very specific subset of folks who would be really interested in that. But, you know, they exist. They're out there. Dustin, are you one of them? Are you team under Renfro? Uh, but legitimately, would you be accepting this trade? Well, here's what I would do. First, I would send out a group chat to everybody else in the league except for this guy. And then tell them, hey, I'm going to accept this trade only to put the fear of God into him and say, oh, my God, what the hell did I do when he wakes up sober the next morning or hungover? <laughs> and then immediately after that, reverse the trade since I would be commissioner just just to put that fear in them and say oh I really could have screwed things up this time but because the commissioner is such a nice dude he reversed it so that's what <laughs> like I would do that. see that's that's good uh that's good banter within the league that you've gotten going there uh but also you know it teaches this person a very important lesson which is lock up your goddamn phone when you've been drinking so that you don't send dumbass <laughs> trades like this the next day, they did go to the person who sent it and asked if they wanted to resend it. And their reply was, oh, fuck no. So <laughs> the right thing, I think, happened here for all parties involved. Good to see uh, uh, good good people out there when these drunk trades are going wild. Look, Hunter, Hunter mm -hmm. Renfro's own family wouldn't accept that trade. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for that, Jake. That was a fun one. Not so much for the trade itself, but just for the implications of everything else involved with it. Okay, let's get into the main event here. This this is this is where uh, the fun really begins. So we're going to start with the bills only because it's first on our show sheet here. That's the only reason, not because the or because they're boring. first in the division. You know, right. the, yeah. there's a show sheet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> There just is. Get it, it just not, get it yeah. over with. Like we, they're they're really good. Next, <laughs> nothing to talk about. All right. So I'm I'm sure you you all remember, but I'll give you the refresher here. I'm going to go through notable um, additions and subtractions to the team. Notable. I'm using the word loosely here. Uh, yeah. So don't. Don't give me a hard time when some of these players that we talk about are not well, fantasy relevant at I'm all. I'm going to. I'm going to. Oh, fine. Okay. So Bills, as we said, finished first in the division at 11 and 6. Mm -hmm. 
Notable losses. Mitchell Trubisky, Matt Breida, <laughs> possibly Cole Beasley, possibly Emmanuel Sanders. They have not re-signed yet uh, in our free agents. Uh, they're, not, they're not making the playoffs. They're done. Nope. <laughs> Notable additions. OJ Howard, Jamison Crowder, Duke Johnson. And in the draft, they took James Cook in the second and Khalil Shakir in the fifth. So... Victoria, let's start with you. How are you feeling about your bills? How do you like their offseason moves? Uh, give us give us a synopsis here. I don't want to, you know what? I know this isn't fantasy relevant, only IDP relevant, but I don't want to hear about anything about how Von Miller's old after he's just killing it week after week next year. Okay, that was he my favorite. Old, but yeah, really but okay, so like is Chandler, dude, and he got the same contract almost, who was another dude I wanted to add. Um, I am so stoked. I am so, so stoked. I mean, Duke Johnson, yes, let's go. Um, you know, Mitch leaving, truly, truly a huge notable loss for sure. Uh, I'm going to miss that guy. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I'm very, very excited. I'm very excited about the additions. I think we'll talk about Jameson Crowder a little bit here. We'll get the conversation going soon, but I'm I'm pretty excited about him. I think that he's going to not only replicate Beasley's production, but do better. I think that when he's healthy, as long as he's not, oh, my groin, you know, his hamstring, his ankle, whatever that may be, if he can stay healthy, he'll be great in the slot. I think expectations for Khalil, Khalil Shakir are a little too high, and they might be a little too high for the fantasy community of saying, oh, he's going to slot in to replace Beasley. And but you probably- totally mispronounced Gabe Davis's name wrong. I didn't know if you noticed oh, that. I agree with Gabe, too. I'm not going to sit here and say I agree with that, too. I think we'll talk about it soon here again And with these questions. I agree. He's going to be – he is currently being overdrafted, Gabe, like extremely. It's It's absolutely insane. But I think in redraft, I think Shakir is going to be way overdrafted and expectations is not going to contribute uh, in a fantasy-relevant way this season. But I'm excited for James Cook. Um, if that's a segue, I don't know about you guys, if you're going to be drafting a lot of Buffalo Bills. But um, what do you think? Yeah, since you're doing my job for me, yeah, let's let's uh, segue right into that conversation. <laughs> and, uh, thank you for that. Uh, so yeah, the the Buffalo backfield here. Are are we comfortable with anyone drafting anyone early from this from this backfield? For are you comfortable drafting any AFC East running back at this point? Like the running backs? I, I mean, I guess. Yes. I guess. <laughs> Obviously, yes. we're going to, but in terms of like, will any of them be extremely fantasy relevant? Top fifteen, top ten? I don't know about that, y'all. This back, the backfield situation for the entire AFC East is interesting. I think, obviously, for the Jets, Brees Hall. Yeah, I, but, I, I was gonna mention him. But. Yeah, but the but the our teams, I'm just like, eh, it's a little, it's a committee everywhere. So, but committees are where you're gonna get that good value because if you're, I was just looking, James Cook. And Singletary are right next to each other, back to back, running back 33 and running back 34 on underdog fantasy, and very close um, on our football guys' rankings, too, as well, in that range, which is wild because you probably, if you could get Singletary at running back 33, you're going to get that production at least for that first half of the year. Granted, if it's like last year, the end of the year, that was fantastic. Can we expect that? Probably not, but good value there. Um, I am, besides the year that the last couple of years where rookie running backs were really getting a lot of run, 
I don't know if we're going to see that this year in terms of that extreme production from guys like Javante or Jonathan Taylor. Like, are we going to get that extreme production from rookie running backs in this season outside of Brees and maybe Kenneth Walker? I don't know. We might be disappointed. And I, I don't want to be drafting James Cook that high in terms of waiting on using him until after the bye week or late in the season, mid-season to the end. So I'm not sure I'll be taking a lot of shares of James Cook, but I got a couple of them in Dynasty. I'm loving that. Thanks. Troy, do you agree? Or who, who would you focus on in this backfield if you had to draft one? I would probably, if I'm drafting any of them, if this is redraft, I'm probably going Devin Singletary because James Cook is gonna is going too high for me for my liking, and it's just I don't know what his role is gonna be. Right, we know that he's gonna be involved in the pass game, but I don't know. Like, again, is he gonna be more than a third down back? Maybe he might mix in the first and second down, but I just don't think he steps in there and just is like a workhorse, right? And then look, that's his ceiling. If he does, then he's gonna be a smash play. I'm just. A little bit worried, right? I think that we're going to see some Devin Singletary, maybe even a, it's gross, but maybe a little bit of Zach Moss. Maybe not a lot, but he's going to get worked in. He's still on the roster. He's still going to. I'm not saying like he's going to be. You're not going. He's not going to hurt James Cook. But I'm saying like there's going to be more than just James Cook getting work. Is the point I'm making. And then it's like, but Devin Singletary, I just think he's still going to be the first or second down back. I think. As of right now, look, he looked like like everyone, like Victoria said, he looked good towards the end of last year. I don't think he just disappears, right? I think he's going to get worked in. Maybe James Cook looks good, takes over the role, but maybe that happens towards the latter half of the year. But I feel like, at least in the beginning of the year, I don't think James Cook's going to walk in and just be a workhorse. So I like Devin Singletary's value where it is right now and like redraft. Mm-hmm. Mike, do you have concerns that Josh Allen's going to just you know, vulture those touchdowns and take away some of those those runs for these running backs that that would kind of make you you know hesitate for a minute in drafting them. Yeah, I'm not drafting any of them. They're trash. Uh, there's no way. There's just no. There's no way. I uh, no. I mean, realistically, it's um, it's not a concern. It's a it's a certainty, right? Uh, Josh Allen is is one of the best goal line backs in the NFL. Uh, he's built for it. That's the offense they run. There is when you look at running backs by committee, the touchdowns are really the differentiator. And I don't see any of these running backs necessarily being uh, having a nose for the goal line. Singletary did a lot of his damage between the 20s. And now that there is, you know, company in the backfield, if you take even a little bit of that away, uh, he goes from a flex play to, you know, waiver wire fodder. And I think that even trying to bank on the first seven or eight weeks is, is a stretch. Uh, I think you have a lot of people in that backfield. I mean, we laughed about Duke Johnson, but let's face it. He was the best running back on Miami last year. You know, so there's that. Um, Sorry. I have to get that shot in. Uh, But, but in in reality, I I think that when you look at the touchdowns are going to Allen uh, for the majority, and then everybody splitting the work, um, even at running back 33, I, I just don't like the value of, of any of them. Uh, Cook is going to get way too hyped uh, in redraft. I'm not going near him. But I wouldn't be looking at any Bills running back before, say, uh, RB40. Um, I would say they, they would be behind both of the Patriots running backs for me. And honestly, I think I'd rather take a flyer on like a Raheem Mostert, uh, Michael Carter, if I was throwing darts that late on AFC East running backs before I'd go with any of the Bills guys. 
I would personally draft Josh Allen as my sure. running back. That's a good one. <laughs> I would just do that, and then everything would be fine. So I don't know what the big issue here is, really. I actually do think, though, I actually do think that people are going to be, like, luckily, if, if that ADP stays where James Cook and Devin Singletary are close together, like, great. Your league mates can throw away a pick, basically, because they're probably going to drop him before he becomes relevant. And so that's nice for us if we stay away. So I do appreciate that landmine being out there. But this is gross. Why is the AFC so gross for running backs right now? And you know what? It, it, can we at least agree with running backs that AFC yeast is appropriate? If, if nothing else, just for the running backs. It's still, no. still, still no, happening. No, no, no. All right. All right. Not going there, bro. All right. So uh, I want to I talk about Jake's favorite position, and that's the tight ends here. Dawson Knox came on last season, kind of buoyed by touchdowns, but um, was very usable, very fantasy relevant last year with this signing of OJ Howard. Uh, do we see some of that usage kind of getting split? Do you, do you see the Bills maybe using more two tight end sets with, with the signing there? Or how, how do we feel about Doc, Dawson Knox? Because I'll admit, when he was drafted as a rookie, super excited for him, as a lot of us were. Uh, took him a couple of years to kind of get some traction going, and we finally saw it last year. But then now with the signing, it kind of makes me take a step back a little bit. So, Victoria, what says you? OJ Howard scares you that much. He hasn't done anything in years because he can't stay healthy. So that's my concern. He's played eight games, 14 games, one game, nine games. He's never topped 565 yards, never had more than six touchdowns, and those are the extreme stats of his career. I don't – that's why he's on a, a low-paying deal to see – approve a deal to see if he can stay healthy. And you know what? Our Bills staff is pretty good at keeping our team healthy last year. That was great. It might have been luck. might have been the staff. Who knows? But I'm not scared off of Dawson Knox because of O.J. Howard. I'm – I'm looking at Dawson Knox as Robert Tunyon was a few years back, extremely propped up by touchdowns. I think he had nine touchdowns last year. So if he wasn't scoring a touchdown, he gave you a goose egg in a couple of games. Or he's given you three touchdowns, I think two or three touchdowns in the New Orleans game. So he's just a tight end that outside of the top three to five, you're just th having a dart throw on touchdown production, just like any other tight end that you're going to pick up if you don't get a top tight end. So He's fine. I'm not. I think he finished tight end 11 last year, Dawson Knox, and he's probably going around the same ADP right now. So he's a fine pick. I think the Bills are going to spread the ball around as much as they did last year, though. So it's just kind of a question mark for production, week to week production, really. Mike, Troy, do you guys feel any differently uh, about that? Feels, I feel the same way Victoria does. Yeah, I, I, there's there's guys in that range I prefer to Dawson Knox, uh, Cole Komet, Irv Smith. Absolutely, uh, you know, come to mind. Yeah, so it, it's just it, it's not a pick you have to make. Honestly, it, it's not, and there's enough question marks there that why why bother? Uh, so Dawson Knox won't be on any of my rosters, to be honest. Cole Komet's going mm. tight on seventeen right now, an underdog. It's, Kidding it's me? Insane. Yeah, with. Kidding? with that's, no I, I don't understand that at all. Yeah. I, I take him easy top ten. <laughs> did you guys know that Tyler Conklin did better than Cole Komet did last year? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because okay. he didn't get any Whoa. touchdowns. Komet had zero touchdowns, touchdowns, yeah. Yeah. Because Jimmy so Graham. I think that's the, 
And I mean, that's the thing with all tight ends is like, are they actually going to, can we project them to get more touchdowns this year? The last year, Cole Komet, I think we could all argue yes, because (laughs) he would have to with Dawson Knox, probably not so much. Who else is Fields going to throw to? Darnell Mooney on every single snap? Ah. Brian Pringle, baby. Mm. Oh, sweet Lord. Brian Pringle. Uh, All right. Then one last question here for the Bills. Uh, Outside of Stefan Diggs, who is going to be that number two option in this offense? I want Mike to go off on the Gabe Davis ADP right now. I'll say that I'm still going to take Crowder in everywhere that I can. As long as, again, as long as he's staying healthy, PPR, PPR, I think he's going to be like a Cole Beasley that you can flex every single week. I mean, He's going wide receiver 63 right now in underdog basketball. We've got him at 64 on football, guys. That's ridiculous. There's probably he's probably got Tim Patrick on before him, which is hilarious. I love Tim Patrick. Sorry, two two first names. I love you, buddy. Um, no disrespect. <laughs> come on. Um, Gabe, I think he's gonna have a fantastic year, but that is so rich. I don't know why he is propped up to wide receiver 26 right now in underdog drafts i i i don't understand that love you got guys like brandon cooks bateman mooney elijah moore amara devonta smith i mean Thielen, Ayuk, all these guys going after him it just doesn't make sense to me so it's too rich for my liking i, I can make sense of it uh underdogs are adp is propped up by analysts who like to feel like they're smart and uh you know <laughs> discover people so folks like brandon cooks who deliver year in and year out it it doesn't make for good content so everyone's trying to flag plant and what's funny is is that they're all flag planted on the same person which is hilarious it's like the goth kids in my school that told me they were so unique and then all wore the same damn ramones t-shirt uh (laughs) which was the least unique thing i've ever seen uh but yeah no it's uh we we do this and we do it every single year that that this was the year this is the guy this is the person and they chose gabe davis who realistically was half an inch from doing nothing in the playoffs if you remember how close he was to stepping out of bounds on almost every catch uh and he's put up decent numbers but crowder is a pro he's the guy i would want in this offense as the number two but i, I want to jump in here real quick because gabe davis right i think a lot of people know that i I'm a Gabe Davis truther. I'm a UCF alum. UCF? Gabe Davis went to UCF, so I've been in the truther for quite some time, right? But looking at his ADP, right? Let me just list some people that he's going ahead of. He's going ahead of Rashad Bateman, Brandon Cooks, Darnell Mooney, <laughs> Elijah Moore. Like, I'm sorry, I can't do it. Like, I, I, I'm a truther, but I, you know, I. I'm reasonable too. <laughs> I'm like, I'm looking at these names. I'm like, I would never take Gabe Davis over some of those names that I've read because the situation, situation, opportunity. And again, like, and also Gabe Davis, we haven't seen him have a consistent target. He's had like a 10% target share or something like that. He got, yeah, he went off on that playoff game, but he just gets lucky. He's almost like a tight end in a way, right? He scores touchdowns, makes big plays, but he doesn't get consistent targets. And that's like, if you don't get consistent targets, I'm not taking you at wide receiver 26. I don't care how much I like you. I believe in the town. It's just until the offense shows me otherwise, I need to see consistent targets. As long as Diggs is there. He's getting fed. 
and everyone is spread. It's going to be spread amongst Crowder, you know, Davis and Knox. And then Diggs is going to get, you know, his 25% target share. And then Josh Allen is going to run in at the goal line. And that that's it, you know? So it's just, it's too inconsistent when the, these other guys should be getting a fairly healthy target share. I can't justify that ADP right now. I will say he came on last last year, weeks 14 to 20. I tweeted this a while ago. He went from an average of 37% of snaps week 13 and before. He moved up to 84% of snaps, seven and a half targets per game. Obviously, this is the, the yardage and the touchdowns are propped up by the KC game if you're counting through week 20. Um, but his his snap percentage went up a lot. That being said, Emmanuel Sanders was injured, I think, out for one game. But after that, Sanders' snap count was down a lot. So he'll see – I think he'll see more targets and obviously a higher snap share, but not even close to be enough for me to take him at that ADP right now. Nah, I can't do it. <laughs> a, a wide receiver 26 shouldn't need an Emmanuel Sanders injury. Plain and simple. Exactly, exactly. True story. I hate it, but it's, it's a fact. Yeah, <laughs> like, Come all right, let's game. go to the next team. Let's go, because we already know the Bills win the division. This is all just fun, and now uh, I want to hear you guys talk smack. That is, that is true, unfortunately. Bills win the division. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we, we all agree with that. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll move on uh, to the Dolphins here with Troy. Finished third in the division at 9-8 and eight last year. Uh, notable losses, Jacoby Brissett, Duke Johnson, who we've oh. already discussed, Philip Lindsay, Will Fuller, probably <laughs> – Albert Wilson. We ain't got to talk oh, about Wilson. Then he just signed. <laughs> um, notable additions: Tyreek Hill coming with that that uh, trade. Cedric Wilson, Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, Sony Michelle, and how many running backs do you hey, guys need? Hold on, I'm, I'm gonna talk about it. I'm gonna hold talk on, about it. D- Dustin, you left off one notable loss by Miami. Um, sorry. Oh. Just in, I'm sorry. He had to hold up uh, his basketball hat again uh, during the middle of this. We were talking about notable losses for Miami. Can you mute him? Can you mute Mike? This is my time. Get out of here. This is my time. Just trying to help make sure it was complete. I want the end of this. Uh-huh. Go All to right. a bathroom break or something. This is my time. <laughs> okay. All right. And then in the draft, uh, in the fourth, they took Eric. I, I'm going to butcher your name, Eric Easy. Uh, we'll, we'll just leave it at that. And then in the seventh, Skylar Thompson. So, Troy, you have the floor here. How are you feeling about these moves your Dolphins have made in the offseason? Um, how do you think this team is going to mesh this upcoming year? Lay it on us. Sure. So it's, it's a very exciting time for Dolphins fans. Some of them have unrealistic expectations. Me, I'm trying to be tempered, right? So, Look, the signing of Tyreek Hill is obviously humongous, I think. And, you know, Mike McDaniel, Mike McDaniel coming in and just seeing this, he is going to make the thing that the Dolphins have been lacking for a long time. Is, there's, there's a lot of things why last year didn't go as well. The offensive line was the 32nd worst in pack blocking, right? The worst team in terms of pass blocking. Our offensive line was horrible. It's one of the reasons why – to a suck. I mean, he made bad decisions on his own, but when you have the worst offensive line in the league, it doesn't help either. So the offense, look, we beefed up that offensive line. And I think to create and also more creative play calling. Last year we did some weird co-offensive coordinator thing, which I'd have no idea why they decided to do that, but that's another time. But so the, the play calling, I believe, is going to be more creative and also just 
the combination of Waddle and Tyreek, it's not only are they going to get theirs and obviously they're yak monsters, but it's going to open up for other players. Like Mike Isecki is going to get his. Cedric Wilson could get his too. But one of the things I think some people might not be thinking about is that Mike McDaniel has said that he wants to focus on the run game. It's going to be a run first offense and then just have the luxury of look having these amazing you know, receivers and then letting them get in the ball to them, letting them do his thing, right? So I think Tua just has to be a better Jimmy G. All he has to do is I think the offense is set up where he just has to get the ball to the playmakers and just let them do their thing, right? They're, I don't, they're not going to ask him to necessarily do too much, right? But Tua, Tua's a good facilitator. All he, He's very accurate. He makes, for the most part, he makes smart decisions. Sometimes he makes, I don't know, his decision-making is not great. But for the most part, he knows how to get the ball in the player's hands, and he has he's, gets the ball out of his hands quickly. So I'm very excited for the offense, and obviously, you know, our defense is going to be good too. But I'm very excited. But in terms of running backs, right, we're talking about running back by committee, and I'm going to address some of the running backs. I don't believe that the Dolphins are going to go into the season with Edmonds, Mostert, Michelle, and Gaskin, right? Like, somebody's got to go. I don't see them rostering that many. And also, they have Solomon Ahmed, too. So, and people keep forgetting him. But, yeah, he's also still on the roster. So, somebody's getting cut. Somebody's putting it on the practice squad. So, I'm curious how that shakes. The only one that's guaranteed to me is Edmonds is the only guaranteed guy. And then Mostert, I'm pretty sure he's going to stay. So, it's going to be between Sony and Gaskin, really, as, like, that running back three. So, we'll see. But I, I like chase Edmonds in this offense right I before the Sony signing I have a feel I this is my kind of my hot take bold take I could see him being a high-end RB2 the Sony thing makes it a little messy I'm trying to let's see how that shakes out but I believe that's his upside right because they're going to be so focused on the run game and I think he's going to get every opportunity Moster. Mostert has juice. He's extremely fast, but he has an injury history. So I don't see him getting any significant work in the offense. He's going to be the change of pace back, right? He's a home run hitter. So I believe they're going to, you know, he's going to get worked in, but I don't know if he's going to get enough work to be that RB1 or be able to put up consistent fantasy numbers. So I think it's Chase Edmonds' job to lose. So I'm actually very excited about him. And he's a value in drafts to me. So I'm trying to target him as my, you know, RB2, RB3, possibly, depending on your the build. But, and also to um, everyone, look, either you love to or you hate him, right? And I just think like this is obviously to make it break it year for him. I think he's a value in drafts as well, especially super flex drafts. So that's a quick synopsis in terms of how I feel about the offense. You okay. say you love or hate Tua, by the way. I just want to put out, I haven't, I have. Never had fewer feelings for a player in the NFL, I think, than Tua. I, have, I don't I don't have anything. I nothing to it, but I hope that he because my expectations are low, that he just crushes them. So yeah, you, you hate him. That means you're on no, the No, I nothing hate him, side. Troy. I nothing him. Yeah, on the hate That's side. a good That's sentiment. Okay. I, I feel like I agree with that. I'm always rooting for him because you know, you want to see the kid do well. Obviously, not well enough to be beating the Bills. But Troy, I love when you said, oh, the often they want to focus on the run game. And I'm like, oh. They are. I mean, like Mike McDaniel has said it, and it's what they're going to do. And they just have the luxury of having amazing wide receivers. And what's going to be interesting, right, is that the defense is going to be 
going through hell because if they're able, because the Dolphins have been horrible for the past two years, just like Mike said, Duke Johnson was our best running back and he wasn't there until like week 14 or something <laughs> like that. So that just shows you how there was within the last like three years, Ryan Fitzpatrick was our leading rusher, rusher. Like you understand how sad it's been to watch the run game. It's been absolutely pathetic, right? So <laughs> Mike McDaniel is going to make this run game work, but also the defense is, if they focus on the run game and we're actually successful, they can't stack the box because of our receivers. And you can't, and if you try to play like two high safeties, then they're just going to run it on you. So that's my hope. Hopefully they make it, find a way to make it work. But I, you know, crossing my fingers, then our, we're going to be scary. If it goes as planned, that's going to be a really scary offense. That's mm-hmm. the thing is like Tua only has to throw a duck like 10 yards and then Tyreek could take it to the house, you know? Five so yards. You take it to the house or water. <laughs> so, Victoria, Mike, do you agree with Troy that Chase Edmonds is the back to focus on for for drafts this year? Is he going to end up taking the lead, or do you think it is going to be one of these other other miscellaneous players they brought in? I like Edmonds this year. I think the value's there. I'm actually. Looking I'm looking at his ADP now. Yeah, he's a value. Oh, and that's running back thirty-five on underdog. That's that's so cheap. He's going that's after so Singletary, cheap. James Cook, right before Melvin Gordon, Rashad Penny, Ramondre. Give me Stevenson. Why is Ramondre Stevenson so high? Oh, sure, we'll talk about that later. I guess <laughs> that's right. Is it June? It's May. No, it, I was trying to figure out if it, was, if it was May or June because that's about the time every year that we say Chase Edmonds is a value. We never say it in September or October. No, this is cool. Oh, so I know. It's completely Wait, different. Why are you saying that, though? He, he doesn't have great. James Conner in front of him to stop him from being a star. James um, Conner's really good. Oh, Chase Edmonds was about? amazing before he got injured last last season. He was an easy what? RB2 consistent until he was injured. He, three weeks good for you. Mike is well, such a three Chase weeks. Edmonds Don't be hater. A damn hater. Look no, he's so just a hater. Uh, yeah, so, totally so what uh, What I will say, if if you do have Chase Edmonds on your roster, you should love people like Troy and Victoria because that's why you can keep <laughs> trading him for second round picks and actual decent players. Um, See, so yeah, it, it was. It, it was doesn't have time. to be a good player to be good for fantasy. Oh, okay, it was this time goodness. last year where I tweeted out James Conner is better than Chase Edmonds and got attacked by the mob of idiots. You're all wrong. By well, the that's, way, that's I have correct. Receipts. I have re- I have receipts. Of James Conner is a better running back, but look, oh, Raheem Mostert and Sony Michelle are better. better. Um, in in this offense, uh, so Sony Michelle, first of all, last year was a better running back than Chase Edmonds. Ray Mostert, when he's healthy, is a better running back than Chase Edmonds. Duke Johnson last We're year was a better, better running We're back. We're talking fantasy. Stay and what has Chase Edmonds done for you? I he's going said, to do something. It was for like me. eight weeks where he gave you RB two value every was single it? week. Yes, did he? Are you sure? Mike doesn't calculate and tabulate points via stat sheet. He tabulates points. it on his heart. No, he and looks at Chase Edmonds. It, it, it's blank. It's zero. It's math. <laughs> it's math. It is zero. Chase Edmonds is the definition of math. The entire Dolphins offense is the definition of math. Wait, the entire offense. I thought we were talking about the Dolphins, not the Patriots. We're not there yet. Oh, I know. When a ring and you can talk to me, but until then, I no, don't Mike, play. I can't win a ring. Sorry. Wait, Mike, Mike can't. Mike, you can't say that with a straight face. The whole offense is mad. 
Waddles, you, man. Tyreek Hill's, man. Oh, they're, they're both individually talented. They'll both have the worst years of their career, though. I mean, Waddle obviously <laughs> only a second year. But Tyreek Hill will have the worst year of his career this year. Yeah, okay, yeah, but, okay, but look, again, things we can I, agree on. But here's the thing: like, he's gonna probably okay. He's going from Patrick Mahomes to Tua. I'm, yeah, I'm agreeing with that. I'm, <laughs> what I'm saying is, I still think I think he could still be. I think Tyreek Hill has the ability to be probably his ceiling is most likely a high end wide receiver too. I think that's probably his ceiling in this type of offense. He's not going to be a wide receiver one, especially with Waddle there too. But yeah, I, I have my, you know, I don't have rose colored glasses. Like I, I understand who was not Patrick Mahomes, you know, <laughs> ask some other Dolphins fans, you, you maybe get a different answer, but I'm like, look, I get it, but he'll be just fine. Right. I can't Tyreek Hill in terms of, he helps the football team more than he does for fantasy, right? That's why you sign him. Listen, Tyreek Hill, he's no Taekwondo Thornton, you know, that's all. Oh, no, I can't wait to talk about it. <laughs> oh, we'll, 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 we'll get to it. We're not there yet. Um, no, I, I mean, I, I think that, that in reality you have two wide receivers that are going to have big weeks and are going to have weeks where they're not really a big part of the offense. I think they both finish in that 12 to, to 16 range. Uh, the, the running backs, that there's no way. Um, there, there's no way you can trust the Dolphins running back, Chase Edmund, Raheem Mostert. There, there's just there's just no way. They're, they're going to be like the 49ers where you're going to have a Jeff Wilson week, you're going to have Raheem Mostert. You know what I mean? Like everything we've seen from the 49ers in years past is probably what you're going to see from the Dolphins. He picked up a bunch of pieces that based on scheme, um, I think what every good coach should do, though, you'll see a different feature. You'll see a different guy stepping into the role. Personally, I think while he's healthy, Raheem Mostert will be the running back I'm most interested in for, you know, both by upside and cost of acquisition um, because they're dart throws. So Chase Edmonds, even again in that running back 30 range, why? Draft a wide receiver. You know he's what a, I mean? He's a running back three. Like, okay, to me, I'm like, if you have the upside, if you're going to get, again, the offense is going to be run heavy. He's going to get, and, and don't get me wrong, all your points are very valid in terms of it could be very messy. It couldn't work, but I feel like there, he's cheap enough at running back 35 that I'm willing to take a shot on him. All your points are extremely valid. I could be extremely wrong, and it could be, you know, he could be nothing for fantasy, but I feel like at that ADP, you know, I'm going to take advantage. I'm trying to find Raheem Mostert's value because it's pretty much non-existent. It, it, I, think it's like, <laughs> I think it's like it's like 17th round. I think it's like 100. And, 100 yeah, and I can't overall. even find him right oh, now, he, so I'll get back he's to free. But, but here, here's the thing, right? When we talk about Chase Edmonds, a lot of his value did come in the passing game. And, and what scares me about that is realistically, if you're talking about getting the ball in space and into people's hands, as a Dolphins fan, I hope you'd agree with this, Troy. You want that to be Jalen Waddle. You don't want it to be Chase Edmonds. And given how much of his volume comes closer to the line of scrimmage, given how many slants you're going to see, given how many bubble screens you're going to see to Tyree Kill, realistically, I mean, how many passes are you really expecting Tua to throw in that range that Chase Edmonds will still be able to get volume there? And if he doesn't get volume, if he's not the goal line back, which he won't be, Sonny Michelle was actually a, a, quite a competent goal line back last year if he stays around he'll be the one that leads the backfield in touchdowns um I, I think that's an easy call of all the calls to make if sony michelle's on the team he'll he will lead the team in goal line carries and touchdowns so i guess where is where is the consistent volume coming from from chase edmonds if jalen waddle and tyree kill are going to get fed near the line of scrimmage if mike is still going to get his 
So we always that talk about taste. What? Of goose egg? What no, no, no. Mean. Mike is sexy. And look, Mike. Look, Mike is look. You're a hater, but I know Mike hates Mike is sexy. Oh, I hate him. And so me saying that he's going to get targeted is exactly. growth. We call that growth. Um, so so that, that's just what I'm trying to figure out. Where where is Chase Edmonds needs passing work to be anywhere near a flex play. So where where is it coming from? I in this offense, I just don't see it. Can I ask you one thing before we move on to the, the Patriots? Mm. Are you taking Tyreek Hill, wide receiver nine ADP, and Waddle is currently wide receiver wide receiver fifteen? No, ADP. give me Waddle. Waddle. Well, give me, well yes, yeah, but are Waddle. you taking are, are either of those obviously Tyreek? That's too rich for me. Uh, Waddle, I think, is not too rich for me. Where, 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 where do you have Devontae Adams? I think he was going in the same range as Tyreek Hill, and I don't think that should even be close. Devontae Adams, wide receiver five. Okay, I thought he was going seven or eight last I checked. So, yeah, see, oh, I'm not, secret answer neither that for would be me. Amazing. Secret answer, I don't want either, and I'm no, just gonna avoid him. I'll, I'll give me Waddle. Wow. Wide receiver 15. I'll Waddle at 15, I think, is nice. I like, I like that. I'm very curious before we move on to Bailey Zappi, which of course is the reason we brought you all here tonight. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm big, just here talking about Mike Kosicki real quick around the horn. <laughs> would you rather have straight up Kosicki or Dawson Knox? Victoria Knox. Knox, Troy, I actually like Gasicki. Gasicki, Mike, tiebreaker. Knox, Knox. All right, Dustin, Gasicki. Wow. Oh, shit. No real tiebreaker. But, but, and but I like, don't want either. No, but, but they're back to. They're pretty much back to back for me. It was a good yeah. question. Like they're very, very. Oh, close they're, they're both gross. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gro- like yeah. Yeah, gross. Back <laughs> exactly. to back. Like, like, would you rather have? You know. No, no. Yeah, no, we're not going to go there. Like, I, 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 don't. <laughs> I, I, I think you're going to go like an STD. Probably. That's where I was going. Yeah. <laughs> I know Mike. Baby. All right, Dustin, Mike let's too. move uh, on to the Patriots. Yes, off, let's please. Too. All right. The Patriots here finished second in the division at 10 and 7. Mm-hmm. Uh, their notable losses were Brandon Bolden and Gunnar Olszewski. Olszewski. <laughs> you say it was you were close. Olszewski. Oh, yeah. I got the ski part right. Yeah, uh, yeah. Notable additions, Ty Montgomery and Devontae Parker. Yeah, and Ty in the Montgomery. Draft, <laughs> in the second, Tyquan Thornton. In the fourth, Pierre Strong. In the mm-hmm. fourth, Bailey Zappi. And in the sixth, <laughs> Kevin Harris. So, Mike, Amazing. the floor is yours. How are you feeling about your Pats and their offseason moves? Terrible. Um, absolutely <laughs> terrible. Uh, no, uh, so... There's a lot going on, and and really, what it's going to come down to is the biggest thing is going to be who's calling the plays. There's Joe only Judge. if it's Joe Judge, I'm going to throw up. If it's Matt Patricia, I'm going to throw up. If it's Bill Belichick, I'm going to throw up. Uh, realistically, the the name to be on the lookout for is Nick Cayley. Nick Cayley, if he becomes the offense coordinator, there, there's a chance that we could have some growth for Mac Jones. Uh, so one of the things to be aware of with the Patriots that makes them unique is that Bill Belichick gets a chunk of money to pay uh, both himself and the coordinators. So that's why no one ever gets a title. Uh, it's to keep their salary down so we can make more money. He, he's smart like that. And, and I applaud that. Uh, the greed is spectacular. Um, but Nick Cayley is, is our up-and-coming offensive mind. And if he's calling the plays, we might have a shot. If it's Joe Judge or if it's Matt Patricia, uh, we're, we're in deep trouble. Um, so, but let's talk about that. There is some value in the Patriots offense. Uh, you know, a running back, 
you still have Harris and, and Stevenson, who I think are both going to have, you know, standalone value. I think Harris is the guy to own and redraft in Dynasty. It's Stevenson, and it's not particularly close given Harris's contract. Uh, but, I mean, Harris will still get goal line work. Uh, at wide receiver, you're you're really looking at Jacoby Myers, Kendrick Bourne, and Devontae Parker as your three starters. Um, Bourne's the guy that I still think is, is a value, um, just going where he's going at ADP. Jacoby Myers is the target hog, but, you know, Bourne was the one who had the connection, was making the big plays and, and has some efficiency. Uh, Mac Jones is honestly the easiest of any, probably possibly any quarterback in the NFL to project. He'll finish quarterback 15, like middle of the pack. He is uh, the definition of math for fantasy. He'll be just good enough um, in the fishbowl or, or in areas where you get uh, penalized for interceptions and, and incompletions. He, he's great. He's, he's, a, he's a floor quarterback too um that nobody seems to want so he, he's a value there as well but overall um no this, this won't be a great offensive team that this won't even be a good offensive team uh to to be blunt it will be uh a grinding kind of painful team to watch they won't make mistakes and try to win off the back of their defense because realistically they didn't add any of the firepower that anybody else in the division did uh, so I know the Patriots fans love to have uh, in Bill we trust in rose-colored glasses. I, I just don't think this is the year. Um, but I do think for fantasy, uh, Kendrick Bourne, Hunter Henry, and Mac Jones in particular are absolute values. Um, Hunter Henry's the forgotten. Hunter Henry, I like that call a lot. Right. I mean, people are just forgetting about him. And honestly, he should be in the conversation of who you'd rather have between him, Dawson Knox, and Mike Gusecki. And yet somehow he's going nine rounds later. Um, uh, it, I mean, give him all time. <laughs> oh, you get him for free, right? Um, so there's still value for fantasy. It's just hard to see a path to greatness right now. And I think it starts with the coaching staff. Uh, so what I would suggest is if you are a fantasy player, until you hear the name Nick Cayley, it, 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 you're probably getting kind of gross production. But it, but he could make these values actually pop. Uh, but overall, no, I, I, I think that unfortunately this is a, probably a third place team. I'm sorry, Jets, you're, you're still not going to be there yet. Our defense is still good. Um, probably a third place team. I think Belichick is a good enough coach that – he gets them to the worst place you can be as an NFL team, as as Troy knows from last year, nine and seven, is about the worst place you can be because you know your pick's not good, your team's not good, and and you don't get to play past week eighteen, um, and and that's what I'm afraid of with this team is I think their coach is good enough to possibly steal a game from each of the people in the division uh, on just luck more than anything else, but I don't think they compete for the division title. I think if they sneak into the wild card, it's going to be a lot like last year where they get absolutely throttled. Uh, if they get there, they're just not that caliber of team. But what bothers me is I don't think they're doing enough to invest into Mac Jones. I'm, I'm not a spoiled Patriots fan. We, we've had a very good run. You're, you're due some downtime. But I do think Mac Jones is a very capable and competent NFL quarterback. I think he is, you know, looking at that, you know, kind of – Kirk Cousins-ish career where a good coach can probably take him that next step. Uh, and I hate the fact that they're not doing that for him. I hate the fact that they're not bringing it. I don't care about the weapons. The weapons are actually fine for what he does. Devontae Parker, as you know, 
Dolphins fans can attest, very good wide receiver. Um, you know, technically sound, solid. Jacoby Myers, where he needs to be. Kendrick Bourne, like we talked about there. They're solid enough for an accurate quarterback. But what he doesn't have is he doesn't have somebody who can grow him. Uh, Brian Dayball, for example, was, uh, you know, invaluable to uh, Josh Allen in his progression. And and the Patriots have opted not to go that route. And it, it, it's kind of infuriating, to be honest, because I think that it, it could stunt uh, what could be a solid quarterback's career for for years if they don't uh, make the right move. So fairly pessimistic about the team right now. I, I think they'll be good enough to be in that mid-range, but there's nothing really fun to talk about. This isn't nearly as much fun as last year. Um, Mike, I got to ask you, hold on. We can, we can come up with something fun here because I posted this question on Twitter over the weekend yeah. to just take the census of people on Mac Jones because you said top – well, you said QB 15. I think mm. that's high based on public perception, at least. Like, mm -hmm. I don't think anybody else that's wants to value. top 20 for, for fantasy. But I asked, what does he need in terms of additional weapons it's to actually that. get towards the top 12? So I went through, like, every free agent. And Julio didn't get it done. Odell didn't get it done. The old guys, the injured guys, right? Mike Thomas didn't get it done trading for him. Uh, and then I – and then I – Posited. What about Debo? What if they somehow managed to trade for Debo Samuel? Logic be damned, and no <laughs> one face. could get on board with nope. top twelve for Mac Jones. Do you agree with that? Yeah, he's quarterback fifteen. I don't care. You put him on the team. He's quarterback fifteen. <laughs> it, it, it's what he is. Um, but what, what's funny is when you talk about public perception, it, it's very simple. Uh, and, and anyone who's played against me will will know on my roster at all times is either Derek Carr or Kirk Cousins, and now Mac Jones. I live off of a meh quarterback two in Superflex. Like, I, I, I've literally lived off of it. It has been of value for years because people hear Konami code. So, oh, this guy can run a little bit. But, yeah, he sucks. It doesn't matter that he can run. He, he sucks <laughs> at running and throwing. Um, and, and these boring – you talking about my honey guys. baby sweetie? No, about honey. no, he's a star. Um, but these boring ass white quarterbacks who just, you know, dink and dunk their way to 250 yards and three touchdowns uh, are fine. And and as we talked about in the in the you know pre-show and what I was able to do in the fishbowl, just take a look because Mac Jones started for me in the playoffs and I smoked all all these fools doing it. Um because he, a division. <laughs> what? No, 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 not no, no not you. Oh. I mean everybody I played against oh, who, told, who told me Mac Jones sucked. <laughs> and I was just like, well yeah maybe but he's a guaranteed 20 points. So yeah you don't have to be thrilled about him but he's gonna do what he does. He's gonna put up solid enough numbers. He's never gonna hurt you. And there's just not enough value in fantasy given to those people. And it's been a cheat code in fantasy for, for years, to be honest, that everybody, like we just talked about Gabe Davis, like everyone wants to do, you know, knock people's socks off by finding that next quarterback one. And they're bypassing guaranteed quarterback threes for literally what's a roller coaster. And given how bad people are at reading matchups, it's a terrible play. Just take the guy who's going to put up 240 and two touchdowns and be happy. It's, it's, it's the 15th round. It's not going to kill you. <laughs> Mac Jones, he's not going to kill not, you. Not going to kill you. <laughs> Ringing endorsement. That, that's, yes. that's the best I can do for quarterback math 15. All right. So, Troy, Victoria, do you kind of agree with Mike here that the uh, fantasy value of this Patriots team is just kind of meh? I mean, is is there anyone that, that you would be uh, focusing on? I know, Troy, you had said, you know, Hunter Henry, good value, but 
um, you know, who, who are you kind of focusing on if you had to draft someone from this team? Who who who's the the player or players you're looking at? Damian Harris. Damian Harris for sure. Yeah, he's. Cur- I just looked it up. He's currently running back thirty one on underdog. That's ridiculous. Yeah, give value. me Damian. Like, They're a run first team. That's it. You're, all the other guys, Devontae Parker, maybe will be drafted in the late late rounds of redraft, but the, all the other guys are going to be on the waiver wire. Mac Jones, I don't, I don't even know if Mac Jones might still be on the waiver wire this year and read in some small. Oh, he is thousands is going to be on the waiver wire. Yeah, so, <laughs> that's really it's tough. They're going to be just kind of fill ins for your bye weeks and hope for the best. Yeah, no, Damian Harris is going to be. I think, yeah, that ADP is an absolute steal. And then I think he's just going to go – he's going to either stay at that range or go lower. Like, I don't see any way that he's going higher. And I'm, that's why, again, in redraft, I'm targeting him as my RB2 if possible. Like, if you're going to go – again, for whoever wants to go, like, wide receiver heavy early, that's the type of running back you want to target. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Miles Sanders is going ahead of him. Tony Pollard is going See, ahead of him. Don't even start a freaking Tony Pollard. <laughs> this <laughs> is the Tony Pollard going before Damian Harris. This brings me back to Mike's point of like people just pushing no, their narrative so on this football league. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. <laughs> All right. Well, that wasn't nearly as fun a conversation as I'd <laughs> hoped it'd be here. A lot less drama than I expected. Um, Everybody's so level-headed about this. I know. <laughs> I know. Because we all agree. As like Mike was like saying something crazy, I would have called him out, but everything they said was right. Yeah. <laughs> it do be all like right. that sometimes. And so you know, another thing we can all agree on: this next team. Still oh God! This, nobody, cares. nobody cares. Nobody cares. Yeah. We can, so, we can fly so, through this one. Yeah, yeah, we'll 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 hit the Jets here. Uh and obviously we do not have a Jets rep- representative, so you guys can go ahead and just thrash them all all you'd like. So the Jets finished fourth in the division at four and thirteen. Their notable losses was Jamison Crowder, Keelan Cole, Tyler Croft, and Ryan Griffin. Their additions, CJ Uzama and Tyler Conklin. And in the draft, they got Garrett Wilson in the first, Brees Hall in the second, and Jeremy Ruckert in the third. Um so I'll just throw it out here. Zach Wilson. He was absolute hot steaming pile of garbage last year. <laughs> they did a lot to bring some weapons in around him. Do we see him improving? Is he going to be what? QB 20, QB 15 ish. What, what, what do you realistically see as like his ceiling for this upcoming season? Uh, Victoria, we'll throw it to you first. Anywhere from like, 22 to 26 maybe i think he was he ended up at i mean he was injured last year so 13 games with qb 30 12.5 points per game i mean listen there's only one way to go and that's up and they they are surrounding him with this talent unlike mac jones as as mike already said elijah moore is going to be a star this year garrett wilson should be able to contribute and open things up a little bit more for Zach Wilson, but he's not someone in redraft who I'm targeting. Um, You know, we'll talk about Brees Hall as a target. He might also, I think he's just going to be overvalued Brees Hall to, uh, to be honest. I don't know how y'all feel, but we'll get into that, but I guess Zach can improve, but they still got some growing pains to get through, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Troy, what do you think? I think that he's going to fall anywhere between, QB 16, QB 20. I do think he will improve because 
He almost has no choice. The Jets did a good job in surrounding him with weapons, right? You got Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, Brees Hall, and they improved the offensive line. Like, if he doesn't get it done, they're moving on. Like, I'm sorry. Like, look, and health had something to do with it last year, but the Jets are doing what they can to try to surround him with talent, unlike Mac Jones. (laughs) I think that, again, QB 16 to 20, I think is realistic for him. And one, one thing we didn't really see that much last year, he's very mobile. So hopefully we get to see him use more of his legs, and that's going to also help with, you know, his fantasy points. But I do believe that he improves. Uh, he got a year under his belt. Look, not every rookie is going to come out there. And look, Mac, like I said, Mac Jones was by far the best rookie last year. Maybe, and Davis Mills, you know, a close second. So I think that Zach Wilson is going to improve. But, yeah, I think QB 16 to me is like his ceiling. He lost like, his baby face. I will say, if you want to like put that into the narrative, you know, he put on a little weight. You know, stock up, stock up. His, his mom <laughs> must be feeding him well. You know what I'm saying? So if he grows a beard, he's a top twelve guy for me instantaneously. <laughs> but I don't, I don't know if he can physically do it. I don't That's think. never gonna happen. Don't think, never gonna happen. It. That'll be one of those little patchy things. Uh, it'll <laughs> be disgusting. <laughs> Mike, do you agree with the other two here? No, I, I like Zach Wilson. Uh, ceiling, I don't know, quarterback 13, maybe quarterback 12, like maybe even a fringe starter. Uh, you're, you're talking about a kid who had everything kind of going against him. First year head coach, defensive minded. Uh, the weapons weren't there. The ones that he had were getting hurt. It, it was really a recipe for a disaster last year. And then he got injured. Um, you know, count, you know, add in the the lack of camp because of COVID. There was a lot going against them. And I do believe in the talent of the player. And I also believe in the talent around him. Uh, you know, that, that he has two really high-end running backs now to take some of the pressure off. You know, obviously we talked about the wide receivers that they've added. Elijah Moore, when he was healthy, was an absolute star. Uh, you know, and, and now you're adding... Garrett Wilson, you have you have players on that team. They gave him not one but two uh, pass catching tight ends, which is big for you know young quarterbacks looking to dump it off. I I, I think that the, I think I think there'll be a big jump for Zach Wilson, and then I'm willing to give him a pass for last year because of how much went against him. Uh, and I like a lot of what the Jets did. Uh, you know, in contrast to what you know. The Patriots did for their second-year quarterback. I, I think the Jets did the almost the exact opposite and and gave him a lot. So this is a guy that realistically, I don't know how you're not targeting in particular in Dynasty. Uh, you know he's he's going so low, and you know you're you're taking people that don't have a ceiling above him, and uh, I, I don't understand why it's it's you know there's one thing about playing it safe, but there's another about drafting guys you know just flat out suck over Zach Wilson, who who might not suck, right? Uh, so huge range of outcomes. I agree with what Troy said. I, I think that if he doesn't put it together this year, you really have to start thinking of, uh, you know, what's next is, is are you going to go through risky route with him? Is, is he a, a failed number two pick? But I don't think so. I actually really like him this year. I, I think I've been grabbing him pretty much everywhere uh, because they're, they're doing the right things for him. The, the Jets finally look like a, a somewhat competent organization. I don't think they put it together this year, uh, but they're heading in the right direction and and they invested in him, which is, uh, I think, always a great sign. So I, I, I'm i probably a little higher than uh, the, than my friends down here on Wilson and, and think he could, uh, could really outperform ADP by a considerable amount. I think he's a huge buy right now. 
Dang, Mike, yep. I was hoping to make a beer bet here or something. Zach Wilson against Mac Jones, but it sounds like we would both be Team Wilson on that. So I think we can make that one happen. No, and plus, if you remember correctly, I don't lose beer bets, so you're lucky you didn't bother. <laughs> now I don't want to make one just to spite you. You should. If you want to lose again, I, I think I won the first ever double beer bet, if I remember correctly. I think I gave each of you one and, and still didn't have to drink. It was it was fun. <laughs> this is true. You're welcome. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And and just so you know, Mike, I'm going to clip out that little part where you said uh, Zach Wilson is top 12 this year. Uh, oh, just and I'm, and I'm just going to run with it. Oh, yeah. Post yeah, it everywhere. We love narratives on Twitter. <laughs> Luckily for you, I don't care what anybody thinks. I'll just I'll just retweet it. And be like, Suck on that, fools. Because if he is top 12, then might look like a genius. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so uh, number one uh, running back uh, off the board this year, Brees Hall. Do we see top 12 potential out of him this season or are we looking more of like a high end RB two? High end RB two. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I feel like he's, not. he's going so, Oh my gosh. Running back 18 right now off the board. Are you kidding Scary. me? He's going before David Montgomery, Dobbins, Travis Etienne, Josh Jacobs, Antonio Gibson, AJ Dillon. Okay. What? They're gonna have to feed. That. He's got that twenty carries a game because I think that's what I'm saying. Yeah, he's a good running back, and I believe in the talent. I just don't always believe in the Jets, and I think that's why it's. Ugh. But again, he it's not a knock on him in terms of how talented he is. Again, if they feed him, then it'll be warranted. But he's gonna have to get, at least get fifteen carries a game, hopefully twenty, because he got a lot. He gives a workhorse in college. So if they use him as a workhorse in New York, then he's gonna earn that. But I, I lose faith sometimes in New York, so we'll see what happens. We, we've had a lot of people make their names off of historic rookie seasons, and I think everyone's thinking that that's just the way it goes, and, and we've been blessed, right? Uh, you know, Jonathan Taylor, uh, even DeAndre Swift when he was healthy, uh, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. Everybody seems to think the first guy off the board is just going to do that. It, it's it's historic for a reason, because it, it's never happened <laughs> before. Um, and, and now you have a guy that, that realistically, when you look at Brees Hall, um, somehow the narrative started that he was Jonathan Taylor as an athlete, which is just downright silly. Like, There's no actual stats for that. That's just people writing words, uh, which is really <laughs> crazy about Twitter. You can write whatever you want and hit send. It doesn't have to be true. And, <laughs> 90% of it isn't. Um, but this isn't Jonathan Taylor. Um, this isn't DeAndre, DeAndre Swift. Uh, yeah, I think Travis Etienne is a perfect example. If if he was anywhere near David Montgomery, I would literally dance a jig if I had Brees Hall and he was David Montgomery. So why are you drafting Brees Hall when I'm praying he's David Montgomery over David Montgomery? It doesn't make any damn sense. It's literally placing a bet with no upside. Uh, so, yeah, it's the Jets. They're not going to be a high-powered offense. All of these teams, you know, all of these star rookies had something in common. They were on high-powered offenses. I mean, the Colts and Jonathan Taylor couldn't have been a more perfect match. You really feel that way about Brees Hall and the Jets? And not to mention, there is Michael Carter there. And, and even if he is the two, he's not a normal two. He's a very good two. And yet we're discounting Damian Harris because of Ramondre Stevenson, but not caring about Michael Carter because of Brees, you know, Brees Hall because of Michael Carter don't make no damn sense. 
it just doesn't like nothing about this feels right to me it feels like honestly we're analyzing a running back based on how other running backs did previously and that's not how we should be doing things around here so yeah no Brees Hall can go somewhere else I'll take Montgomery all day um, I'll take Zeke Elliott in redraft all day there there's a litany of running backs that I would take over Brees Hall that they can get for cheaper um, and when his pick comes up on the board I'll be taking a wide receiver anyway so it won't matter to me so it sounds like Damian Harris out of this division is the running back that everybody wants, right? <laughs> at, like, honestly, at cost of acquisition, absolutely. He's at, by far at the cost, yeah, yeah. At, at cost, Brees Hall straight up, of course. Like, I think we, we all go Brees Hall straight up, but <laughs> yeah, but yeah, cost of acquisition is Damian Harris. I agree. Okay, any other thoughts? Any other players you want to talk about on this Jets offense for fantasy or? We kind of touched on yeah, the. I mean, I mean the Wilson big ones and Moore will both, will both be fine. They'll, they'll they'll both be fine. They'll get theirs. Um, yeah. I, I would, I guess, while we're talking about AFC East, I'd take both of them over Gabe Davis uh, very very easily. I think. Yeah. So yeah. that that's where you put them. Quarter uh, wide receiver twenty five or so. Uh, more maybe maybe twenty twenty three somewhere in that range. I don't you know my ranks in front of me, but yeah, more is going. Wide receiver thirty-two right now. That's that's too cheap. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. people forget what he did what? when he was playing. Yeah, uh, he was so, incredible. Yeah, I mean you you have some discounts here. Uh, Zach Wilson, uh, Elijah Moore are discounts, but no one much like the Patriots. No one that's going to I think make or break your season. I think they'll all be fine, but nothing nothing exciting on this team. It's the Jets, and then ever is. My closing thought, I know you didn't ask, but um, Josh Allen is daddy. Um, that's really all I have to say. Well, thank, thank you for thank that you for closing thought, Victoria. No problem. I, I really thought I had to say. That was deep, so thank you. Before we head out, uh, have you all just say a few words. Tell us where we can find you, what you're up to. Uh, Victoria, lead us off. As I said, Josh, no, I'm just kidding. You can find me at FFB underscore Victoria on Twitter and Instagram. And you can see me on the Football Guys Mailbag Show with Troy and Dave Kluge every Wednesday, 730 Eastern. As we get closer to the season, we'll be doing that weekly. So that's about it. Look out for your start sit article for uh, for Football Guys 2 coming in the, in the fall. That'll be fun. All right, Troy. You guys can find me at TKing Mode on Twitter and pretty much most social media platforms. But um, Twitter is my home base. Like Victoria said, I co-host with her on the Mailbag Show, so you can find my work there. In season, you can see my work with Yahoo. So, and yeah, just follow me. Appreciate the support. Thank you all. Okay, and Mike, uh, you find me at Daddy's Home FF. Uh right and do youtube videos for dynasty league football uh subscribe to youtube it's free there's no reason not to you can get all sorts of good information there uh you can also find me on trophy smack where i write kind of trash talk articles but probably the biggest value from there is i write a weekly unsexy starts column uh where i will tell you people outside of the top 30 that will finish in the top 10 had a hit rate of about 40 percent last year which is uh better than some people can claim. Uh, so that's where you get all my matchup analysis. So actual football analysis, but we put a little twist of fun on there. Uh, you know, we try to always make every article a little bit unique. 
Uh, so don't read it to your kids. It's usually inappropriate in a lot of ways, but uh, <laughs> hopefully you can find some gold there. I, I, I do try my best to talk about people that others actually aren't talking about rather than saying nobody's talking about and then naming a top 10 play. That's just uh, <laughs> not my style. Jonathan uh, Taylor, baby, yeah. RB1. <laughs> Every single one of them has to be outside of the top 20 uh, consensus ranks on ESPN. It's, uh, it's a rule I set for myself to make sure it's an actual darn throw and not uh, not a claim to fame here at 100%. So. All right, yeah, definitely go check out everything our guests here tonight are doing. Uh, they're great fouls and doing lots of great work out there. Jake, any last words here before we get out of here? I just appreciate the hell out of everybody coming on for this. You were able to make this division pretty damn interesting. So I might get that hat out of here. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, I may not have made the AFC you know, not East thing work, but I'm, I'm holding out hope that I can get a better nickname for it in the future. And I'm going to, I'm going to message else? each of you directly, whatever ideas come up and then you can all vote on it. anything, but that would be fine. And literally, yeah. literally. <laughs> I will already vote for the alternative. I don't exactly. know what it is that I'm already in. The other one is just going to be AFC, not East. And then you'll have to oh, vote. Perfect. For perfect. So, Winner. Yeah, right. Yep. right. better. <laughs> All right. So uh, check us out, uh, the podcast here at Drinking Fantasy on Twitter. You can find my co-host at Jake Trowbridge. You can find me at F F Dusty Dog on Twitter. Like and subscribe to our podcast, please. You can find us on YouTube if you're listening to us audio after the fact here. See all these beautiful faces that we have on the show this week. And until next week, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers. <laughs>